my name is Mel. In each episode, we take an in-depth look at a different trope or subgenre in the huge collection of Destiel fanfiction. And in this episode, we're going to take a look at some fics where Dean and Castiel are into BDSM, like a dominant and submissive relationship. To discuss her fic, War Wounds, we would like to welcome back to the podcast, author CB Firestarter. Hey, CB. Hi, everybody. <laughs> welcome back. Thank you. I'm so glad you guys invited me back to come on. I was very excited about this topic. So, <laughs> Yay. this is definitely your wheelhouse. <laughs> yeah, at this point, with the between the fix I've written and the fix I've read, <laughs> one of my favorite genres. <laughs> same, same. As well as um, War Wounds, we're also going to talk about today. Um, I want to get outside of me by M Webb Seventeen. Um, Beg pretty for me by Kitty Mao. And Yes Sir by Red Amber 79. And also uh, we've got like a bunch of other fics that we, we're going to mention and talk about later on. So lots and lots to choose from. The BDSM um, sort of community uh, as a, a sub-community of Destiel fandom is massive and very, um, I guess, the authors are very prolific. There's quite a lot of it out there. High quality. Uh, for, so before we get started actually talking about any of this, we have to warn that obviously uh, we're going to be talking about not safe for work content. Um, so yeah. if you've got small ears around or people, you know, if you're uh, in a, a delicate kind of location, maybe not listen to this right now, but come back later when you're alone and, you know, ready to listen to something um, a bit not, not safe for work. There is no way to address this one without just dicks galore. I was thinking about this uh -huh. the other day before we recorded. Like, nope, there is no way that we can get through this without just penises left, right, and center, and God knows what else. So. <laughs> Make sure the, raw, the wrong Bluetooth speaker is not hooked up. You <laughs> 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 start projecting us talking about BDSM like across I your backyard or something. I have done that with a podfic before, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure most of us have had that moment. So, yep. 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 Um, <laughs> listeners, be warned. Mm. <laughs> um, and the other warning that we just have to put out there is that um, please do not use fan fiction as sex education um it's it's fictional yes a lot of it is um you know healthy relationships and good kind of um you know practicing good health and consent but um obviously if you would like to know more about any say any of this kind of things that we're talking about today please don't learn from the, the fix go and find reputable sources and maybe we can link some in our post even um, to yeah, you know, that's um, a good idea. Yeah, yeah, there are a lot of good sites out there that that you know have information about um, healthy BDSM practices. So yes, whatever you do, don't listen to Fifty Shades of Grey um, as the only source for this. <laughs> God, please no, no just no. don't. I guess I, will, I just wanted to mention that we do have a slight basis for. Um, you know, Dean being a bit into kinky stuff in the, in the um, I didn't actually write down the episode that this is from, but where he's, he says, I want to get slapped during sex but by a girl wearing a Zorro mask, but that don't make it a good idea <laughs> um, at some point. I mostly so. remember that line from the blooper reel. <laughs> like it's in the blooper reels that he like keeps tripping over the line. Okay. And I feel like that's why I remember it so much. But yeah, I can't remember what season or episode that was in. And Yeah. 
I mean, I'm sure there are other examples where he just says stuff and you go, oh. <laughs> well, crazy. and there was the the scene in, oh gosh, I don't know if it was 13 or 12. It was probably 13 where he like goes out to some club and he comes back with like a flogger and yeah. <laughs> like underwear everywhere. And bra, Do you remember like that? Face. Oh, wasn't that yeah, exactly. the... Cass is in the empty phase. Yeah, he's all yes. sad about Cass being in the empty, and like, and Sam tries to take him to like some gross clam shack clam joke place. Like, oh, yeah, oh. it's clam diver. Right. <laughs> yep. And there's also, I remember another episode where, um, oh, this is going to be like really vague, but he goes to somewhere and there's a guy wearing like a leather harness and like, like a big bear looking guy and. Yeah. It was really interesting. Oh, um, yeah, some like, oh. Okay. Chief, I don't, I don't it was like that magician's episode. They sent him there as a joke. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's canon yeah. innuendo. So there definitely is some canon basis for maybe thinking that it's slightly indicated that Dean would possibly be into this. Who knows? <laughs> That's super vague, but you know. <laughs> It's fanfic. We I, can do what we want. <laughs> uh, Dean's a pretty open, experimental kind of guy, I think. So, yeah, mm-hmm. very plausible. So, CB, you have written quite a few. Um, like, I didn't realize just how many of your fix were in like BDSM ones until <laughs> I look started looking through the, your catalog. I'm like, oh yeah, that one. <laughs> so you've got quite a few like little one shots as well as your uh, large, like long. Yeah, feats. I've got. I don't know how many one shots I have because I I did that thick auction that one year, yeah. Um, and I ended up writing a couple of them, um, and co-authored a few, um, with Trenchcoat Baby, mm-hmm. um, and then yeah, I have currently three, no, four, four full length fix, yeah, that are in the BDSM genre. So, yeah, awesome. it's definitely an area I've enjoyed. <laughs> Um, you know, a sandbox I've enjoyed playing in. So, yeah. and you've got um, your the whip at the moment, which is nearly complete. Um, whiplash with trenchcoat baby as well. Um, and you, yes, so that's biological BDSM, which we have decided to mm-hmm. keep as a separate thing for um, another episode, probably um, rather than talking about it today. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I think it could totally be its own genre, and it and it's when you talk about biological BDSM, it really changes the, you know, the rules of of what a safe, you know, sane consensual relationship is in BDSM. So it, they're definitely two different animals, even though they kind of fall under the same umbrella. So I think that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's all it's all fantasy because it's fanfic at the end of the day. But mm-hmm. like you know, BDSM does have its roots in something very actual and real with set kind of rules and things that uh, actually kind of happen out in the real world. Whereas the whole biological thing really kind of throws it that much more into for a loop, fantasy yeah. for me. Um, it's mm-hmm. almost I don't know. In my head, I I have it lined up there with um, ABO a lot of the time. because yes. it's yes. that kind of biological thing. So it's it's kind of like you know the version i think <laughs> because there's the, a lot of the slick there's but... a lot of physical need whether it's a you know in in omega verse it's a physical need for you know whether it's a heat or a rut or it's like their bodies are making them have sex and then similar to 
biological BDSM, their bodies and their biology are kind of forcing them almost to need these things. So then you kind of just run into some like, uh, in the real world, these are sticky consent issues. (laughs) And and I think we kind of put that on our whiplash fic, which is our biological BDSM one, which is like, there's going to be some consent issues here, people. This is not the prior fix. Please like take note of that. (laughs) But, but it is a fun, you know, like you said, it's fiction, it's make believe and it's, you know, fun to play around in that world. So. Yeah, I think a lot of um, authors who do write these fics as well tend to um, tag really well or at least, um, Mm -hmm. you know, include um, trigger warning type information in in each chapter. So it's Mm -hmm. like a safe way to kind of explore these kind of ideas, I guess, because you can, if you do, you can filter out stuff that you don't want to see and whatever. I always kind of think of it like if you if you if you want to reframe it in like a bdsm way like your tags are kind of like your contract with your readers right so yeah. you know I very true we obviously tag certain things because if you're writing a bdsm fit hopefully consent is a pretty big issue um <laughs> so you know for your reader to to consent to read something they have to know up front what they're getting into i think that's one of the things that's always drawn me to um honestly to bdsm especially writing it um, and writing explicit scenes with it because, you know, in a good relationship, there is so much consent. There's so much checking in. There's so much making sure you're on the same page and there's not a lot of like guessing, well, I hope they want me to do this. And, you know, I think in, you know, whether you're talking like fanfic or not, like there's a lot more consent checking in than you might have in like a regular smut scene with the characters you know where they're just feeling their way out like did did he like two fingers up his ass I don't know like (laughs) versus if it was they had you know talked about the scene beforehand then they would know well I'm good with two but don't push it with three you know it's (laughs) and and I think there's something that I kind of enjoy about that because when things are kind of laid out and they both know exactly what they want out of it and what they will and will not do then there's a lot more freedom to, you know, the sex they can engage in because they both know what's expected almost. Yeah. I'm somebody who, it sounds odd to say, likes talking about sex, but I'm very comfortable with it. And so it's kind of nice to see, like, represented as much as it is in fanfic, these relationships where they will, to me, as you should, <laughs> just talk about things and be completely kind of open about their expectations, their hopes, the things that they have completely off the table yeah i have noticed in a lot of original fiction like fanfic is much better at that i find even mm. within bdsm in original fiction oh i it's fully not, agree yeah not represented as well there's much less communication and this mm-hmm. is a very personal thing for me but i find silent sex scenes boring <laughs> like i <laughs> yes I, you know i like <laughs> them to be communicating I mean, it's perfectly okay for them to communicate. I love dirty talk too. Physically, that's fine, but yeah, I like I like the talk in there, which is probably why I don't have that many scenes with gags in my fix. Now I think about it, because <laughs> I like them being out of talk you know, and make noises. <laughs> it's too funny that you say that because now I'm thinking about it and I'm like, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, although a good whimpering Dean making moans and such through the gag wall. Oh, yeah. At least Noises. one of them needs mm-hmm. to be dirty talking, though. Yeah, like I couldn't have both of them quiet. <laughs> yeah, if Dean is gagged, then Cass is going to be doing a lot of talking if I have that scene written. But 
<laughs> yeah. So, but there needs to be something. Like, a sex scene that is just kind of motion and not much else is just, for me personally, each to their own, always. A little but, less engaging. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do find myself just kind of skimming through those quite quickly and just not mm -hmm. getting into it in the same way. Hmm. Note to self, add talking in... <laughs> <laughs> smut scene yes. <laughs> it's sexy when they talk it is <laughs> um i mean does everybody know what bdsm stands for we should probably yeah i guess we that. could do like a quick like a bdsm 101 kind of yeah, yeah, <laughs> well i mean just a little bit of it can't hurt right i mean it, it was something i had to google okay. <laughs> and i think give us the light something CV. that people I'll give you guys the lowdown, not that Go you don't it. know, because both of you know. <laughs> but yeah. um, for any listeners out there, even if this might sound a little redundant, I guess, but I've done a lot of thinking on it. It's one of those things where, like, I have kind of an obsessive mind, so, like, I did a lot of obsessive thinking about BDSM relationships and how those dynamic work, and, and you know, there's, it's bondage, which is the B, domination, which is the D, and then there's two S's. There's sadism and submission. And then M is your masochism. And I'm sure somebody out there is going to be like, there's another letter. And one of those also stands for this. And I'm probably forgetting one. But <laughs> <laughs> those are the ones I remember. Um, and, and those things are kind of important because there are, within BDSM, there are power exchanges where there is a dominant person in the relationship, a dom. And a submissive, a person who is, you know, giving up control, um, hopefully in a controlled, safe way to a dominant. But there are also BDSM relationships that don't necessarily have any power exchange. There may just be someone with um, sadist tendencies and someone with masochistic tendencies who maybe just enjoys, you know, getting paddled or whipped or spanked or whatever kind of, you know, um, masochism or sadism that they're into and it might not necessarily be a power exchange for them mm -hmm. and there can be people who engage in a power exchange with you know no sex at all or no pain or no um, sadism or masochism so I think the big thing that people should take away from it too is that you don't have to have all of it yeah. <laughs> you it's know kind of, it's kind of like LGBT as a yes you can be more than one letter or you can just be yeah. one you can go okay. grocery shopping and just you know pick what you want off the shelves with <laughs> exactly. any any letter that you feel like engaging with and um and you I think that's why a there's a lot you of could variety. Be a rope bunny and nothing else. <laughs> it's, it's true. <laughs> so <laughs> and while I own. think and you know I think we've discussed that most of the BDSM fics that are out there, at least that I've read, are all explicit and usually sexual relationships. There is a lot of real life, I believe, relationships where it's not always sexual. Sometimes it's just about having a power exchange and um, people can, you know, get enjoyment out of that kind of relationship or that kind of scene, even without any sex being involved. So um, it's definitely yeah, think, a great wide world out there. Yeah, I think there's a, a fairly significant representation, um, I'm going to say specifically of like domestic submissives. Mm -hmm. Um so, which you do occasionally see represented in fic, but there's usually also a sexual element, element involved there too. Yes, yeah. One of the few, um, I, th I would say like mainstream um, BDSM entertainment, I'm like looking for the right word. Um, there is the show Bondage on Netflix, um, mm -hmm. which I actually have found is one of the very few 
like you know you cringe at 50 shades and you cringe at some of that yeah. other stuff but this one is actually it's it's an interesting take on it and um i thought it was a lot more honest and a lot closer to um like what i believe the the real bdsm communities are like so um if anyone's curious about it they could go check it out but but yeah, yeah i think that's all i would have to say on it awesome We've covered we've covered consent and all of that as being a huge part of that, which I'm sure we're going to get into during all the fix, too. It's one of those things where there's a lot more to it, but when it comes down to it, like BDSM can be whatever you want it to be, as long as you have two people that are on the same page about what they want it to be. Yeah. Um, and so really, that, that the scope of different things we could talk about is pretty massive. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, I'm sure we'll chat about stuff as it comes up in the fix we're reading, so. I mean, there are quite a few fix I've seen in the um, tag, like, okay, so I did a bit of a, a, a dive into the different tags that are on these fix, and there are quite a few tagged as um, <laughs> bad BDSM etiquette. So if you're mm-hmm. uh, worried about, like, I think if people have been in a bad situation, they might want to avoid that kind of thing. And that there are tags that will cover that if you, if you want to filter those ones out. So, um, you know, I'm just saying that the fix aren't always portraying, um, healthy relationships. Sometimes they, people want to explore, um, you know, I guess power hungry. Like it's usually it's not with, it's not usually between Dean and Cass. Thank, thank God. <laughs> We don't have them usually having a bad relationship. It's usually someone like Alistair or, you know, a bad person, one of the bad guys who mm. is, um, you know, not doing it right, I guess. Um, so, yeah, often they are tagged. And it, I, I like to think that it's only brief and to move the story along, you know, like we don't dwell on the kind of really nasty stuff that happens out there. Um, yeah, I think... You know, it's almost good to kind of represent that stuff sometimes, though, just because it's good for people to see what's wrong as much as they see all the, the good things. <laughs> um, I agree with that. Yeah. So, as long yeah, as you're calling it out for what it is, yeah, yeah, then right, yeah. you're not like trying to pass it off as like, this is a completely normal, healthy scene for a person to engage in. It's like, no, 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 this is dangerous. This is not like a great yeah, idea. As but... much as we say, oh, you know, it can be whatever you want it to be as long as you both agree there are still some very specific things that should be avoided at all costs yeah <laughs> um so it's it's actually kind of nice to see those represented because it gives people a safe way to experience those and mm. also a safe way to understand why they should be avoided um, sorry that was probably getting a little deep for a fanfic discussion but you know <laughs> it's true <laughs> well i'll go back to our the the tags that i was looking at i'll post a link to the, the little graph that i've got here about the uh the tags but we, will, we did discover that um in our in the destiel fandom there is like almost three times as many uh fix with dom cass um as there are the other way around like with dom dean so I'm not sure what that says. I mean, I'm sure there are people who prefer one way or the other and that's fine or you can read all of it or <laughs> whatever you like. But yeah, in general, represented is is vast majority of, of um, Cass being the Dom, which is interesting thought. Um, the highest tagged 
um, kink here is spanking, I believe. Yes. Like two thirds of the fix that are tagged as BDSM have include spanking. <laughs> my, my favorite, um, what is it? My favorite tag for BDSM is team Dean's red ass. Yes. 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 Maybe I should have included <laughs> spanking in, in and team Dean's red ass in the same. <laughs> I love getting to put that tag on there. Yeah, no surprise to anyone if you read any of my BDSM fix. I'm pretty sure Dean's ass gets read at some point. <laughs> yes. Mm. All right. All right. Um, yeah, we can start off on Warmins if we'd like. I know I'd like to. <laughs> <laughs> well, Do you want I think, to? Uh, yeah, CB can probably read us the summary and introduce Warmins to us if you would like. Sure. Oh my goodness, summaries. I haven't actually read my own summary in so long. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Surviving the war had been one of the hardest things Dean had ever done. Coming home from the war is proving to be even harder. Lost and adrift, he feels like he's drowning. When he happens upon a horse farm looking for help, it might just be the lifeline he's been looking for. When Cass meets the new farmhand, he sees the same injured look in those eyes he's seen time and again in the horses he's rescued. Can he break through to Dean the way he has with his horses? Teach him to trust, to surrender, to connect? Can he break down Dean's defenses without destroying his own? Maybe with a little hope and a little rope, they can find a way through together. I will admit that last line always made yes. me giggle when I wrote it. <laughs> I always love that one. I like it. <laughs> yeah, so you I was these... like, I haven't... Sorry, go on. <laughs> I, I was just saying that I hadn't alluded to the fact that it was even a BDSM fic in the summary at all until the very last yeah, line. Yeah, little rope. That gives it away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so you published this one serially during uh, 2019. So it's a couple of years old now. Um, it's just over 77,000 words. And it is explicit, as yeah. in all the fics we are talking about today are explicit. So, <laughs> Yeah, this is a bit of a pandemic right for me. Um, good old 2020. So, <laughs> so um, tell us about how this one um came to be. It's got horses in it. Well, <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I'd um, I think I was coming off of having finished um, Willing and Able, um, which was my very first BDSM fic, um. And I'd had a very clear idea of what I wanted out of that one. And that one was, to me, was just, I'm like, I'm going to write a BDSM fic. I've read so many of them. It's turning into my favorite genre. I have to write it. You know, I think kind of the same way I was with Omegaverse. I was like, oh, I've read so much of this. I'm in love. It's time. Um, Which was what Willing and Able was. Um, And Waiting on a Signal was my next one that I wrote with Trenchcoat Baby, Um, And that was really just me and her going, how kinky can we get? And (laughs) trying to one-up each other. And that was really a very playful fic, um, fun, lighthearted. You know, we've we've discussed that here with the two-person love triangle. But um, yeah, so with this fic, I... I wasn't like the BDSM part was kind of almost secondary when I was starting to plot this out. I was much more focused on um, the horse aspect of it because I'd known for a long time that, you know, I wanted to write a story involving horses. And I think 
because I am a horse owner. <laughs> um, I've been in the saddle since I was about two, and um, I've owned my horse, Artex, who is the love of my life, um, for the past 20 years, almost 21. Um, and so horses are, are a huge part of my life. Being a horse mom is like, you know, an identity to me. Um, and so I have very strong opinions on it. Um, you know, I think like fandom, um, horse people have very strong opinions on horse things. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's definitely one of those things where I've, I've read so many terrible horse stories and seen so many terrible horse movies where it's just like, oh, and you just cringe. Um, so I was a little uh, nervous to write a story with horses in it. I think it was one of those things I wanted to do, but I was like, oh, it needs to be the right time. Um, and so when I thought about it, I was thinking a lot about Dean, um, after Kevin gets killed by Gadriel, as far as like canon timeline, um, when he takes the mark and that was really the Dean that I was wanting to write. And I thought a lot about that Dean was just a very guilt ridden person, um, who carried a lot of survivor's guilt and a lot of trauma and was kind of feeling like he was walking this path alone in that part of the story. Cause him and at least in Canon, him and Sam were, you know, not getting along well. And, you know, Sam was pretty pissed at him and being a jerk and, you know, yeah. we, we'd all know the Canon. Um, <laughs> so I kind of took that Dean and I thought, well, what's similar to that? And I thought, you know, there's a lot of, um, veterans coming back from war dealing with PTSD and I really firmly believe that horses and animals can be a huge help in people who are dealing with um, mental health struggles. And I was like, well, this could be a perfect combination, <laughs> right? Like put, you know, put Dean with these horses and see if we can't heal him from this, you know, trauma that he's been through. And the more I thought about it, I, I thought, you know, BDSM kind of fits for this too. Um, and I don't want to get on too long of a, of a ramble on this, guys. So you'll have to cut me off if I talk too long about it. But um, okay, it. I had I had watched the um, Brené Brown special and had listened to her book, Daring Greatly. And in that, she talks a lot about um, vulnerability and how it's like it seems like a weakness, but really being vulnerable is an incredibly brave, courageous thing to do. And you're taking a risk. And she talks about how um, war veterans are often when they're in the field and they're fighting, they're not allowed to be vulnerable because it's life or death. And if they allow themselves to be vulnerable, they could get killed. So they often struggle when they return back to civilian life to be vulnerable with the people in their lives because they've been trained and kind of built up to be you know, kind of hardened from vulnerability, which means that they can't connect with people. Yeah. And that is, is often a big struggle for them. And I was kind of intrigued by that because to me with BDSM, you have to be vulnerable with your partner. You have to be open and kind of exposed and kind of take that risk of trust um, to form that connection. Um, so to me, the two just... I'd watched the special and I think I'd been reading about BDSM and I, and the whole story kind of just came together. I was like, yes, I'm like the horses, this, you know, connected relationship of BDSM that Cass could have with him. Um, 
you know, can help Dean find a way to heal, you know, and to find a way to build a new life for himself um, with his, his PTSD struggle. Um, and while I know a lot about horses <laughs> from personal experience, um, my partner, uh, my husband, um, dealt a lot with PTSD. So I had a lot of um, secondhand knowledge of um, that specific mental health issue. Um, and I have never, <laughs> I do not engage in BDSM, but I've certainly researched it a lot. And I would say that as far as the army and um, war veterans go, that was probably the area I had the least knowledge on. So I had to do a lot of research. Um, and actually I did, um, a friend of mine is a um, veteran himself. And <laughs> I certainly didn't tell him about the fic I was writing. <laughs> I was like, can I just like, is this a thing? Like, <laughs> is this like something that's offered at a VA? Like, <laughs> and I would ask my husband, you go check with his friend, Tim, who had done several tours in Afghanistan as a war medic. And he would come back to me. He's like, yeah, that's what he says. Is I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks for checking. <laughs> like, try, try and use him to get my, you know, although I certainly don't claim by any means that it was perfect. You know, again, this is fiction and, you know, I'm not going to spend a year researching this stuff. Um, I kind of always, if I'm not as knowledgeable in an area, I kind of try and be as vague as I can. Yeah. Um, so I don't stick my foot in my mouth basically. Um, but yeah, once I had that idea in my head that Dean needed to learn how to be vulnerable again and to connect, then the horses and the BDSM just seemed like this perfect marrying of you know helping his his character on that journey so and he did actually um like with uh you know caring for the horses and like um learning how to uh you know especially they kept they're looking after the cash the horse that they're um trying Mm -hmm. to rescue i guess and rehabilitate um the the scenes in this one and the care that that cast takes of them the whole uh, story ends up being really soft like I feel like it's such a nice <laughs> um, warm and soft relationship even though uh, some of the time he's obviously tied up and being spanked or whatever it <laughs> like is he's so uh... soft it is I remember one of your author's notes you actually commented that you think this is like the softest BDSM you've ever written and <laughs> as I went on like each chapter I was just like melting a little bit more like it is so soft it's, it's so lovely. soft <laughs> it really was it was a very soft fic and and I felt like it was needed you know I felt like for this specific story and this specific character, he would get the most out of a BDSM relationship that was on the softer side. Yeah. Um, you know, where the scenes were a little bit more about caregiving and Cass caring for him, caring for his body, letting Dean just be open and vulnerable and knowing that he was safe doing that um, and reinforcing that over and over again, as well as, you know, just having some, you know, hopefully mind-blowing sex for the two of them. Um, But yeah, as opposed to some of my other fics and other BDSM relationships where it was more about challenging each other and, you know, exploring new fun and exciting things. And and that's, you know, a very different... They were looking for different things out of, you know, the same kind of relationship. So yeah, this turned into one of my super soft stories, but I'm not sorry about it. (laughs) Yeah, they do also have really lovely... I like a loving relationship too. Like none of the um, 
angst in the story is from their relationship. It's just it's external things happening that creates the tension. And um, well, except when Dean kind of gets sort of a subdrop situation where he's bringing it out of himself, kind of thing, you know. But otherwise, yeah, no. the yeah, and I don't know if as writers either of you have ever done this with a story, but um, for me, this story started with the scene where Dean is in the barn. And, you know, I think Sam had invited Benny over without telling Dean and Dean got upset and like ran to the barn and was just completely having a panic attack and losing his shit and just like pounding away at like a bale of hay or something. And, and, you know, Cass kind of forces him to relinquish control and just let Cass take care of him. And that scene had been in my head, like months before I started writing the fic Mm -hmm. and I kept thinking to myself when I was writing it at the beginning I'm like I just have to get to that scene (laughs) and if I can just get to that scene where Dean is just at a breaking point and Cass is there to catch him then I'll be off and running with this story yeah so that was that was the big scene for me like mentally and then after I got past it I'm like well now what do I do like what do I do with these boys (laughs) I have like (laughs) Dean broken down ready to let Cass take care of him because he's just at his wits end and now I'm like oh now here comes the hard work of writing but (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah I've definitely had that experience before a fic has been built around a scene which oftentimes isn't even that close to the beginning like you have to do quite a bit of work Mm -hmm. even just to get there yeah and Um, you're like so excited trying to write to get to that scene and then you get there and you're like huge relief but now like now I have to keep writing because that was in the middle (laughs) yeah now I have to finish the thing dang (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I will say that some of the horses in the story are based on real horses I've known um and some of them are kind of an amalgamation of horses I've known um yeah I was gonna ask about that specifically about Lou in the story I was like (laughs) is he based on somebody (laughs) Lou is very much a real horse um (laughs) a, a friend of mine in college it was a horse that she owned and he was a devil pony just I mean I loved him to pieces but <laughs> you couldn't walk by him without him trying to nip at your shirt he knew how to twist his head and he would snap the cross ties when you weren't looking and just trot away with like a laugh on his face and he used he used to do this one thing when I was riding where he had like a round pen panel fencing which is like this kind of metal rod fencing and he stuck his leg through the fence And then twisted his body to make it look like his leg was stuck. And the first time I saw him do this, I leapt off of my saddle, off my own horse, and ran over to him like, don't break your leg. And then he just pulled his leg out of the fence and turned and looked at me like, ha ha. And I was like, (laughs) you jerk. And I get back in the saddle and he does it again. Uh, And I again jump off like, don't hurt yourself. And then he pulled it back out. The second I got there, I'm like, oh, this is a game. (laughs) and he also just because he he also yep he also crawled in the wheelbarrow when i was cleaning his paddock once i just read yeah i heard this yeah i just heard this thunk thunk and i turn around and look and he's got two front feet in the wheelbarrow i'm like you're gonna break the whip it's not meant to hold a pony (laughs) and and his back leg was going like he was gonna circus horse stand in this 
Will Ferrell had never seen anything like Lou. He chased me around the paddock with a huge stick in his mouth one time. I swear he was a dog. Um, he was one of the most entertaining horses I met. And when I thought about this story, I'm like, I can't not write Lou into this story just a little bit. Because, like, I don't think people who don't know or own horses can realize how much personality they have. Like, they're all such individuals. And they can, some of them are real characters. Um, like big toddlers. Lou is certainly an obnoxious <laughs> one. Yes, toddlers. <laughs> My horse is certainly a toddler. He is a he is a ladies' man. He is a very social butterfly. He will come running up to the paddock to greet me with a whinny. Um, and he doesn't have a mean bone in his body, but he's also the biggest chicken on the planet. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know if you know this, but you know, there's invisible monsters in the woods, and they like to hide in the scary corner of the riding ring. And oh. turkeys will eat a horse. You know, a squirrel that jumps out of a bush could eat a horse. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know, so it's mm-hmm. his job to make sure we don't get eaten by these things. And he's very good at his job, very quick, whether I want him to be or not. So, <laughs> um, he sounds lovely. Yeah. Decaf was a horse from my childhood that I took a lot of beginner lessons on. And um, Sugar is actually a horse at my barn right now who I just madly love. And it's one of my husband's favorite horses at the barn because he's like, I can bleed her in. Yeah, I'm like, yes, honey, she's the one that you can lead in because I can trust you to lead her in and she's not going to like drag you to go eat grass or <laughs> get spooked and scare you or something because he's, he's a pretty, he's learned about horses, but he's not a horse guy. Um, so Sugar's like, I think is like the husband's safe horse. So I had, um, I think I had Cass riding Sugar a lot, but, but yeah, it was really fun to get to kind of put those horses in there and put their personalities into the story. I particularly loved Cash because he reminded me a little bit of a horse that we don't have currently, but one that we used to foster, um, and his name was Tobacco, and he was incredibly, just most of the horses we get are very skittish and scared to start with and very withdrawn, Mm -hmm. but that horse was so responsive, as as soon as he trusted you, that was it. (laughs) He was an in-your-pocket guy after that. Yes, he would follow you around, just be like, hey, what we doing? (laughs) <laughs> like he was lovely um but you just had to get him to that point you know you just had to yeah you had to get that trust going and he also was not a good jumper so as soon as I read that I was like is this my horse <laughs> <laughs> yeah I loved riding cash cash is uh, in a lot of ways cash is a lot of our techs um my horse he, is similar personality of you know once he trusts you he's good to go and he's you know very people oriented the rolling in the mud my horse is a white horse now and he just him and mud are just and everybody at the barn says it they're all like he's the white horse and he's always the dirtiest I'm like I know it's like and my and my farm owner said she's like he's just like he rolls like every day like more than once I'm like oh I know I'm like I could come to the barn and brush him twice a day he would still be covered in mud at least 50% of the day at some point and you know, I think writing that one scene where where Cash was rolling in the mud, I'm like, that was an ode to Artex. Because I considered writing Artex as the horse in this story. But I, in the end, I was just like, if I do that, I'm going to write way too much about the horse and forget about Dean and Cass. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because if I was to write about Artex, because he's just my, you know, my horse soulmate. I'm like, I can't. I can't write about Artex. It would just, it would, I'd be way too 
I would just get consumed with it. So I was like, I'm going to write a horse that's very similar to Artex, but not Artex. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's kind of how Cash came about, because I haven't actually known a Cash, but he's definitely as close as I could get without being consumed to my own horse. So So you pretty much just made Dean fall in love with Artex, is what you're saying. I did, and who wouldn't? (laughs) 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 Giving giving Cash to Dean in, in the fic was just... It made my own heart happy. <laughs> yes. I loved that. I loved how you ended that whole arc with the, the cash drama, shall we say, <laughs> to not overly spoil it for people. But yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I loved how you chose to end that and you kept us hanging until right the last second there. Um, I know. I know. But no, it was lovely. I loved it. I cheered a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was like, everyone would, I I think I must have said it like a hundred times during the fic too in the author's note in the comments. I'm like, guys, nothing really bad is going to happen to these horses. I promise. Like, (laughs) this isn't going to be like Black Beauty. You're not going to have to like get a bag of tissues. Like, it's going to be okay. I'm like, it's it's funny because I can kill human characters pretty easily. But when it comes to animals, it's just like, don't mess with the animals. You can do MCD fix, like whatever you want. You can you can put these people through hell, but do not touch the fucking animals. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I felt very strongly about that. Um, and in one version of this fic, I think there was one chapter I wrote that I ended up ditching and rewriting, but I had kind of a comical goat that lived on the farm uh, yes, um, kind of mimicked after my friend's goat Darwin. And then I was like, you know what? I just don't feel like the humor fits the story right now. Oh. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm like, and I'm going to save him for another story. Cause I do think that would be super funny. Yes. Um, don't make us miss out on that. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up writing with the chickens and cage your cock and that one shot that I wrote. Yes. So. Got some other farmyard animals involved. <laughs> that one was funny. That I was great. Yeah. Oh, God, I had so much fun writing that. Yeah. <laughs> way more than I should have. <laughs> I just remember laughing all the way through that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if this is just going to be a humor piece or if it will actually be sexy at all at the end. But like, <laughs> I feel like 80% of that one shot was funny. And then the last bit was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It worked out. No, I was going to say that even though the the BDSM in War Wounds is quite soft and kind of gentle, really, and I very much agree that it needed to be. <laughs> like, it's mm-hmm. what works for that fic. Um, mm-hmm. But it's no less sexy to read because of it. Um, <laughs> it it's it's lovely. Um, especially um, the scene where... I think it's the one of their first kind of full scenes that we see where or the first scene where Cass actually um fully binds Dean and fucks him on the bed. <laughs> I was just like, eh, yeah, I could I could read this a few more times. I might just bookmark this one for later. <laughs> I like, hmm. I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> I like the way that it was done because it was very clear. Like this is a big thing for me when people are doing um any kind of writing with BDSM really like there is a lot that can be going on people can be bent in weird unusual positions with limbs everywhere and it's not going to be like you know when you're reading a normal sex scene you've got like a few different positions to choose from where you can kind of visualize fairly easily what people are doing 
Um, and I feel like with BDSM, you're in like a whole other oh, man. arena like you, for that. I feel like you want to have to draw a picture just so you don't miss right. something. It's like, can you bend that way? I mean, they can now, <laughs> right? I mean, I can't be the only person who has literally like stretched my arms and been like, can I reach that area of my body? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, but that's really uncomfortable. I could not hold that for like 20 minutes because there's nothing that'll take you out of a sex scene so quickly. If like all of a sudden they're like doing it, they're like doggy style, you know, he's pounding him from behind and then, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like flipped. And you're like, wait, he can't suck his nipple while he's fucking him from behind. It yeah. doesn't, you can't, he can't reach Plus, that. You're really <laughs> agile, man. <laughs> right? And I'm like, so I try to be super careful about that stuff. And then, and yeah, and BDSM adds this whole other layer when you start talking about bondage and then you start talking about toys. And it's like, you know, when it comes to bondage, like, you have to make sure that the characters are checking in on circulation, on the limbs, um, you know, that there's safety shears involved and mm -hmm. you don't lose a vibrator. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like there's some safety stuff. Tapered ends, Ellen, please. (laughs) (laughs) My husband's a paramedic. He has told me quite the many sex sent me to the ER stories and they're all quite interesting. (laughs) um, have given me many an idea for fanfics but (laughs) but yeah it's it's you know like even recently when we're writing whiplash um me and my co-author you know i had to like message them and i was like hey remember you can't put a cock cage on a hard cock it doesn't work (laughs) it needs to be soft then you can put it on so you have to figure out how to get that cock soft before you put the cage on it's like ah logistics like, yeah, but logistics matter. Like, if I'm reading it and I know I've done my research, I know those things. So I'm just like, if I see someone put like a hard metal bent cock cage onto a hard cock, I'm like, you can't fit it. The whole point of the cage is to keep it from doing that. So you can't get mm. it in there. <laughs> and see, here yep. comes the penis talk part of the podcast. So <laughs> just got us there. Uh, well, TCB is like the the one of the most creative thinking writers that I know so I'm sure she was all over that one <laughs> working out how to oh yeah to no there was right. a lot of like other things soft, going on in that scene. <laughs> well that's what yeah. we're there for each other you know but yeah she would she would go oh no CB like you've got to take the panties off like you're just have them screwing and you forgot to do that and I'd be like oh no I did yeah. and then you know and then I'll catch her on on something like that so there are benefits to um a co-author I will say um, especially when dealing with such complex logistics that you run into with BDSM. Yes. Um, or you can just have an amazing editor like <laughs> I do with um, you, Ellen. So <laughs> I get to be spoiled because I know that you're very good at checking um, on logistics and making sure. I'm pretty sure you've stopped me before and been like, can they work? Does that fit that way? Like, wouldn't that's, the belly be in the way? That's the most <laughs> fun part, honestly. <laughs> It's like trying to work all that stuff out. I love it. Yeah, all the logistics, right? And I'm like, well, if I can't figure it out, how are they going to get, like, figure it out? Like, (laughs) I'm looking forward to this because I have never co-written BDSM specifically before, um, Mm -hmm. which I am now currently doing. So, yeah, I'm excited about that because we we haven't gotten quite to that bit yet. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm I'm looking forward to it. I feel like it'd be kind of a fun dynamic to co-write that with somebody I've, I've co-written with them before um in just 
normal Vic. <laughs> yeah. Normal. Um, not normal. <laughs> I definitely, uh, you know, Trenchcoat Baby, I-, I went to her during War Wounds a few times and I was like, wanted to cry. And I'm like, can you just write the cast part for me, please? Like, <laughs> I miss you. I have to write it all by myself. I have to write the whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, I really miss you right now. And she was just like, you've got this. You know how to write. I'm like, I know. But like. But there's nothing it was like waking I was... up in the morning and there's a chunk more thick in the dock than when you went to sleep, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's yes. the best well, feeling hard. in the world. <laughs> it's so awesome. But it's like, it, I think because when I co-write with her, I tend to, um, I tend to write the Dean perspective and she writes the cast perspective. Um, so I really kind of like, I was in that mode of just thinking about Dean um, and really, War Wounds definitely does focus more on Dean and Dean's journey. Um, so sometimes I would struggle when I had to get to my cast POV, like getting into his mindset. Yeah. Um, and and so I would I would kind of reach out to her sometimes and be like, can you like, <laughs> God, I, I wish I could write Dom cast as good as you. <laughs> she was just like, you can, you could do this. I was like, <laughs> you got this. Uh, Yes. I'm like, I've been so spoiled. I didn't have to write this part before. I haven't had to do that. <laughs> well, you did a great but, job um, with it. Like, all the cast stuff was very enjoyable. So Thank you. Yeah, I feel yeah. like um, I definitely got there. I had some moments mid-fic where I had to kind of, like, shake my brain up and kind of, like, do that, walk around the room and get back into the jive of things. And then once I kind of, you know, got one or two chapters out again, I was like, all right, now I'm feeling it. But... Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I really like um, stories yeah. where we get to see um, dominant POV because it tends mm-hmm. to, I've noticed, be slightly kind of tilted towards most of the time we get submissive POV. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I like it when I get to. Yeah, I love Dom perspective. And I think you're right. I think submissive perspective is far more popular. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love getting to read a scene from the Dom perspective. I, I do think that's where it's an area that Trenchcoat Baby does excel in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I love getting to read a scene from the Dom perspective. So, yeah, but it's harder. I'm definitely it's it's much more difficult for me. It doesn't come quite as naturally. I think I enjoy mentally being in the submissive mindset. It just like my mind does that that feeling and sensation easier. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which I guess makes sense. Like I tend to, be, you know, when I'm writing a smut scene, I I prefer writing the bottom than the top. Yeah. You know, like it, sometimes writing what you know is a little bit easier, right? So. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I can um, see that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you managed to do it very effectively in this one, particularly in terms of Cass's thoughts about not just the sexual aspect of it, but caring for Dean in a way that is going to help heal him and you know it's 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 not correct to say make him better because it's not that simple um mm-hmm. but his time with Cass definitely does help a lot <laughs> um, yes which I yeah, thought was and... awesome because that is while it's not something that your regular health department is going to send you a subscription for um <laughs> it is something that is, exists in the world there are actually um i know there is a center in california somewhere called the light dark institute um where they do genuinely do things like this um, that's amazing so. yeah i've i've heard about it but i don't think i've i've researched enough to have found that but now i'm like going to go google that because because that's basically I, what you wrote about in whiplash right <laughs> yeah yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's, but I do feel very strongly that um, there are a lot of psychological benefits that people do find from these relationships, a lot of anxiety relief, a lot of stress relief, and, um, you know, help with depression and release of endorphins. And there's a lot of benefits to these relationships that, um, you know, like you said, it's not like you can go get a prescription from your doctor and a referral to find a dom, but... But but that doesn't mean there can't be benefits to those now, relationships. Now, there's a thick idea. Someone write that with me. Right? <laughs> Someone write that AU with me. <laughs> I almost did with our therapist fic. A That's different kind true. of therapy, I right? I love that one. Yep. Yeah, that one was fun. <laughs> I was like, fun. this is outside of ethical bounds of being a therapist. <laughs> you can't Let's recommend. Let's put that right at the front. <laughs> yeah. You can't just jump and be their dom. That's like crossing a you know, it crosses an ethical line, but, but what if you did? <laughs> but, you know, thus fiction, right? It's just like that's yeah, the fun and part the other... fanfic, though, isn't it? The what if part? Yes, so. yes, yep. And I did cover um, because I figured, you know, Dean needed actual professional help along with the horses mm-hmm. and the BDSM. So um, I did have him do EMDR. Um, which I got a lot of feedback um, in the comments from a lot of people who um, commented that they had actually gone through EMDR themselves and their experiences with it. And it kind of just turned into this whole talking point with um, some of the readers in the comments, which is something I just love about AO3 is getting to interact with people. So, Can you just um, remind us what that actually is? It's like a hypnotherapy type thing, right? Yeah, it's a it's a really interesting treatment for post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and I've known people who have gone through it. Um, and it's it's can be done in different ways. Often there's a light bar that bounces back and forth or, um, you know, in the person I know, in their instance, they held on to um, paddles in their hands, like little bar handles that would kind of vibrate. Mm. Um But the idea behind it is that you sit with a therapist and you take a traumatic event that has this really strong emotional connection to it in your mind that's your traumatic, um, and you you talk through it with your therapist. And when you start to feel that rise of emotion or that rise of anxiety, they, you know, either jiggle the paddles or they, you know, a sound will beep in your ear. But what it does is that you're taking that memory out of long term into short term and you're breaking the emotion away from the memory. And then the memory gets stored back in long term without having that powerful emotional connection to it. Um, Sounds simple, but um, it's definitely a very difficult therapy for people to go through. but it's very, very effective. Um, it can help a lot when people have it, like a specific traumatic event that they can kind of walk through and detach that emotion from it and kind of restore it. Um, unfortunately, it can take a couple tries. Sometimes, you know, the symptoms from PTSD can get worse in the process before it gets better. So it's, it can be a daunting task. Um, and I do know that from my reading and research that like people who have trouble with dissociation sometimes, can't find a benefit from it because they can they just dissociate too much to be able to detach the emotion from the memory um but it's a really amazing therapy and and having you know um a partner who went through that and really struggled with it um to see him really just heal 
so well um, from his trauma in such a short amount of time with just a couple of visits. Um, it was life-saving for us and for my family anyways. And um, so it was just, it was a therapy, a therapy that I personally was very connected to and felt like, man, more people should know about this because this could really help a lot of people. <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I'm going to put this in my story. Um, you know, and I'm not a mental health professional, so this is not mental health advice at all. Yeah. Um, just anecdotal story. But, um, but that was my, you know, it was a personal, this whole fic was very personal for me, I guess I could say. Um, I putting in the EMDR. in there though. I, I think that was really important because it could have been very easy for you to just focus on the BDSM aspect and just hand wave the rest and just say, okay, well, Dean went to therapy off screen a bunch of times and it was fine yeah <laughs> you know it, it could have been easy to do that and I love the fact that you didn't and you represented the fact that Dean is having to work in multiple areas of his life really like most people do when mm -hmm. they're having any kind of mental health um challenge really exactly um, and I didn't want it to be about fixing him you know I didn't want it to be about Dean being broken I wanted it to be you know a, a little bit about learning how to live with you know, a little bit of that anxiety and some of that PTSD, because for a lot of people, most people there, there's no perfect cure for those things. Um, so some of it is just learning how to live your life and, and, and live with those things. Um, so I feel like that was kind of important to me too. I didn't want some like fairy tale doves flying out of the winds and like, <laughs> oh, he's magically cured and he's never going to have a nightmare again, you know, but that was but more that I Oops, sorry, interrupting you. Continue. Yeah, no, but, but more that he, like, found people he could trust and share his difficulties with and, you know, kind of broaden his support system and broaden his own um, coping mechanisms and and strengthen his ability to, to cope with what his trauma was. So, I don't know. I hope I did that justice anyways because it was important to me amidst the, you know, ball gags and... <laughs> Robotage. <laughs> <and> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think him being the cock warmer on Cass's lap while they watched that documentary, that was one of my favorite scenes. I with... really did enjoy that. Especially, like, <laughs> I love the idea of the rope attached to the bottom of the couch. I was there, like, huh, oh, I can make a note of that one. Okay. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that was a good one. <laughs> I, I, a lot of, again, I, I'm surprised I don't have a sketch pad at this point with just like I'm really rustic figure drawings on it <laughs> <laughs> i wish i was an artist i don't have that skill <laughs> no i really liked how kind of carefully you represented all of that i also loved the fact that the type of dominant that you chose for cast to be in this worked so well with it all because just reading through it at no point did cast ever tell dean that he was fine and there was nothing wrong instead he just told him he was still wonderful how he is and, mm -hmm. and he was that safe. was, he was like okay. yeah that, that he was safe that he could trust him and that how he is now is okay even if it's not how he mm -hmm. was before yeah and i think and that I was huge that was him. yeah that was it's a, big, it's a big thing for our Dean. <laughs> but yeah, I thought you represented it really well. Because um, there are probably you know multiple ways you could have come at that. Um, but it all just works together so well. And then it's just got that lovely sprinkle of, like I said, lots of face fucking and vibrating butt plugs. It's wonderful. <laughs> Guess who doesn't love that stuff? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, <laughs> trauma, horses, and face fucking. Go read War Wounds. <laughs> <laughs> I want it all, just like Dean. 
Yeah. And you deserve it all, just like Dean. Yes. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, so the next pick that we're going to discuss is um, A Big Chunky Boy. This is I Want to Get Outside of Me by MWeb17. Uh, this is 142,000 words, so it is... I would say a decently long fic, um, given the standards of our fandom. It's not that big, but it's it's pretty chunky. I would say big. <laughs> yeah. Anything over uh, hundred thousand must be a long fic. Over a right? hundred, yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely a long, definitely a long fic. Um, at least for me, I adore this fic, and it does not feel that long when I'm reading it. <laughs> yes. But okay, so here is the summary, which has some interesting links to what. Um, CB was writing about, but completely on the other side. So, um, Dean is a novice in the Dom Sub world, asked by his employer as a desperate last resort to be a sub for his recluse of a brother, Castiel. Castiel is diagnosed OCD, suffering from PTSD and agoraphobia, misophobia, and oh, I love how this author just assumes I know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I'm going to butcher it. I'm sorry, MWeb17. Um, and something else that he suffers from another phobia needless to say he's a mess who hasn't stepped out of his home in literally seven years the only times gabriel can see traces of the way his brother used to be is when he feels in control specifically when he has control over a sub however due to his idiosyncrasies and paranoia keeping a sub around has been impossible enter dean who's not a very traditional submissive to try his hand at subbing for the hermit this is sort of a bit of a classic because it was published way back in like 2015 so yeah, it's, uh, it's an older one. Yeah. So, yeah, Castiel lives in a top of a building in a great big apartment, like a condo, basically, where he keeps the windows, like the blinds drawn on the windows, and everyone has to remove their shoes and have a bath, basically, before he'll allow them inside because he's terrified of the germs. Um, but he does, like, as this fit goes on, he opens up gradually and... Um, you know, he doesn't. He's not completely fixed by the end, but you know, fixed. I mean, he's not uh, out in the outside world too much by the end. But I think um, he does actually go like leave his apartment um, at certain points in the fix. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought I thought this author did a great job of um, again kind of connecting the world of BDSM with um, mental health issues because. You know, with Cass, it's it's he has a need for control, and a lot of his phobias stem from that—that that fear of a lack of control. Yeah. And so, being able to control a submissive is, you know, very calming and relaxing for him because most of his phobias stem from a fear of that lack of control. So, I thought that was a really cool way that um, they approached writing this. I was like. When I read the description of it the first time I read it, I was just like, oh, wow, this sounds like really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and I I devoured it the first time, devoured it the second time, and devoured it the third time. I'm pretty sure I've read this fic three or four times. It's definitely one of my top fics. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really well done. They don't shy away from Cass's issues ever in this. They are kind of quite front and center for all of the fic. Yeah. Um, and especially at the beginning, Dean doesn't really understand them. Um, it's probably an important point that in this one, Dean is specifically going into being Cass's sub for money to start with. Um, once he meets Cass, you know, 
starts changing. <laughs> it is a Dean Cass fic, after all. <laughs> um, but that's not his initial motivation to be there. It is very much a job that he is going to, or that he seems to be under the impression <laughs> that to start with, that he will pretty much just be able to clock in and out of without any issue. Um, kind of learns that that might not be the case. Yeah. And, uh, and then he catches feelings. <laughs> yeah, I love it when they catch feelings. Yeah. <laughs> the interesting thing about this one with Dean is that um, he is a stripper and like a he does do scenes in a in a BDSM club at the beginning now and then. Um, and but he goes into this and even though they have their contract negotiation at the beginning where they list out all the things that they're willing to do and and um, explore and all that kind of thing, the communication isn't perfect in this that he does get sort of resentful and you know he doesn't know what's happening for some of the time he just has to sit there while Cass works and you know there's not quite the level of communication that perhaps they should have had I guess um yeah it's definitely an imperfect relationship even though they are going into it with the best of intentions I think like Cass has his reasons for setting his boundaries but realistically it turns out down the line they're not really ones that work very well for them yeah Um. i think i think that's what gives this fix some realism to it though i mean uh, characters are imperfect it's what we love about them they mess up and they make mistakes and um even when we're talking about bdsm relationships where you know we like reading fic where they're following all the rules and doing all the safe words and there's perfect communication it's like but even people who are trying to do all of that in the real world there's miscommunication things happen um even when you're being as careful as you can you know uh, and i think dean's confusion um uh, which we get a lot of dean just being like what is going on right now yeah um is is uh, i think normal and it it kind of humanizes the characters a little bit and it adds a bit extra um, um kind of realism to his reactions to things yeah and I found it easy to kind of get into Dean's shoes. And I was kind of like, yeah, what is Cass doing? Like, what is Cass thinking? And I, I became as kind of like interested in Castiel and his mindset and what drove his actions and decisions as Dean was. And I kind of felt like I was had a camaraderie with Dean while reading the story and that I wanted to understand Cass more. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think this writer did a good job of kind of making us fall for Cass as Dean did. Yeah, they did a really good job of that. It's, com- it's totally from Dean's point of view, right? Yes, it is. I think it is, yeah. yeah. I actually really enjoyed Cass in this fic. Like, I found parts of him in this. Like, I do not have PTSD. I'm a, like, I can't relate to any of the particular things that he is going through. But I think the author did a really good job of making him a very human dominant um somebody who is always going to try their best for their submissive but he is not perfect he is not a perfect person he has his own issues and flaws and sometimes they're going to get in the way and there are i think more than one point in this fic where Cass actually you know recognizes that the effect he's having on dean is not positive and he's doing things wrong and he actually tries to kind of break off their agreement completely um Dean's not having it but (laughs) but he does try to do that and I liked the fact that in this story 
while Cass maintains all you know his very dominant persona for you know most of the time that they are together, he's he's not perfect. He is just a flawed human being like everybody else. And even Dean doesn't see him in that kind of doesn't idolize him in that way, which mm-hmm. you know is very nice to to happen in scenes between you know dominance and submissives. You want to kind of sometimes feel that kind of slight idolization of it it's it kind of adds to it it's wonderful it's what some people want but i actually really enjoyed in this that Cass is that much more flawed and kind of broken in his own way Mm. another thing that makes dean more relatable perhaps um is that he uh, at a certain point in the fic he feels like they start doing kind of masochistic kind of things and and dean starts actually really enjoying it and then he's like is there something wrong with me because i I like being hit, you know, and I think that's probably quite relatable to a lot of people. Like you think like I shouldn't be enjoying this, but I kind of am, you know, um, and, but, and Cass tells him like, there's not, there's nothing wrong with you for this. Like, this just is what you like. Um, it's fine. You're fine. Like mm-hmm. it, it helps him to let go of that. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. I think, I think this author handles the sub drop topic very well. Um, mm-hmm. And, and like you were saying, Ellen, that it, it's often, you know, that the character feels like some sense of shame around the actions yeah. that they've done yeah. afterwards once your endorphins have kind of worn off and the adrenaline rushes over and it's like you get that kind of like stomach drop <laughs> feeling, that like empty feeling. And without proper aftercare, you can end up with um, sub drop or even doms can have dom drop. Um, and... Yeah, I think I always like the fix that deal with that, the fix that kind of just address it head on um, and kind of show like the right and the wrong way, I guess, to deal with it. Like, I don't I don't always mind when they necessarily, you know, like Dean is just like in a drop and not getting the help he needs because he's not asking for it. And then showing that when he does ask for it, look at how much better it is. (laughs) I almost feel like it's kind of like then you get this huge sense of relief as a reader, like, oh. Yes. Yes. Everyone Sometimes gets it. you just. <laughs> yes, it's this huge relief. It's like, oh, yes, that's what you needed, Dean. See, you just had to say, hey, I feel like shit right now. I need a hug. Because yeah. <laughs> I think we all Dean. feel that way about Ken and Dean, right? We're like, Dean, sometimes you just need a hug. It's okay. Say you need a hug. I bet Cass <laughs> would hug you. He's right there. <laughs> Cass would love it. He would jump at he the would. opportunity. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> He's ready. <laughs> No, I enjoyed all parts of this fic and all kind of different aspects of it, but I think the first time I read it, the point where it kind of elevated beyond a really good BDSM fic to just one of my absolute favorite fics ever was the scene with the elevator and the fire that never was. Mm. <laughs> Once I hit that scene. Um, yes. So we're obviously going like full, full spoilers on this. So um, there is a scene where... Um, obviously Cass is a hermit as we covered he does not leave his apartment um, I think Ellen already explained that you know he even has like the windows covered and things like that um, but there is a sudden scene where the fire alarms start going off in his building um, and it is heartbreaking really how the only thing he cares about is that making sure that Dean gets out and he has no plans to leave his apartment himself um mm-hmm. And it's kind of heartbreaking to see like how ingrained that fear is that he would rather just sit there. How crippling it can be for a person. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought it was, it was 
heartbreaking, but kind of good to see that represented, I guess, to see that this is a, you know, a very serious thing. It's not just like, oh no, he doesn't like germs, he needs things cleaned. Like, no, he has like a very serious kind of like trauma response going on here. Um, and obviously I love the fact that Dean, our smart Dean that we have, finds a way to flip the tables just enough um, and get Cass to use the trust that they have between them to actually manage to get Cass out of the building. Even if he does have to do it blindfolded. <laughs> but I think it's... he threw a blanket over his head. Yeah, as, as all I remember is that Cass couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just have this image of him just like huddled up with Cass in this parking lot with people just probably staring at them like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> yep. No, that was a great scene. I also, I thought as far as like scenes and stories that stick out to us, I think his punishment room oh, yeah. stuck oh, out like to me so the much. Right? Because, bismal pink with the cats. Right? And all, <laughs> every time I think of BDSM punishment, it's like, oh, well, I'm going to spank you or it's going to be impact play or, you know, maybe orgasm delay denial or something along those lines. And those are kind of your like go-tos for punishment. Um, so, when I saw that, like, oh, there's other ways to make a person <laughs> regret their decisions, and that pink bismol room, I was like, wow, I never thought of that before. And that was actually a huge inspiration for me when writing things. Like, I can think outside the box when it comes to, yes. um, you know, the topic of, because not all BDSM relationships have, like, a punishment and consequences. Um so when you when you do include it sometimes it's like well how do you be original past like a good spanking which we all love right team dean's red ass but Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah i think this fic was definitely an inspiration for me to kind of try something different um i think even back in war wounds i had dean like holding a set of books or something face in the corner um and that there are other ways to kind of explore that relationship so i thought that was just kind of a cool scene um, I was yeah. very frustrated on Dean's behalf, obviously, because <laughs> I think he had to like pick no. something up off the floor. Yeah, I picking can't even up uh, tiny items off the floor. That's right. Yep. There was another one where he um, had to reenact the, I want to say, hysteria at some point. Um, mm-hmm. Where he had to try and try and keep reading on camera while Cass oh, was yes. pretty busy. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, very creative writing in this story, for yeah, sure. Yeah. I really liked that because a lot of times, um, particularly in fanfic, punishment can kind of can come across as almost just, oh, it's an excuse for a spanking scene, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, which I'm never going to complain about. There can never be too many of those. Keep them coming. But it was nice to see the variety and also something that's in a way more realistic because that's not going to be a viable punishment for everybody. It's not going to be something that works for everybody. It's not going to match, you know, every mm. kind of dom and sub out there. Um, yeah. So it's really nice to see, particularly in this one, the, the variety with that. Because also punishment within those kinds of relationships has different functions depending on the way that the relationships work and the specific dynamics that they have. Um, so not yeah. all punishment needs to be pain. Um in fact, most of it probably isn't, depending on whether your sub is a masochist or not. <laughs> but yeah. it was really, really nice to see a different one. I won't go on for ages about that. But yes, I really, really loved uh, the representation of doing things slightly differently in this one. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I liked about this one, or that 
I thought was interesting was the relationship that Dean has with his with his dad and uh, like with Sam. Even Sam's a bit younger than like than he usually is in this one. He's only like sixteen or seventeen. So um, yeah, because Dean is quite young in this. So Dean just said like they think that he works at a bar all the time and like serving drinks kind of thing, and he's has a real sense of shame about what he actually does, which is fair enough, I guess, if you think that, um, you know, John Winchester is not known for his open-mindedness uh, in most of um, canon or weeks. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, it deals with the issue of sex work, right? And the, yeah. you know, stigma and shame around that. And, and I think Dean in this story is also had been a submissive for hire, but he hadn't necessarily engaged in a lot of sex, like, sexual acts like I don't think he'd actually had penetrative sex with um, the doms that he subbed for before cast so it was like taking that final step for him into true sex work Um, and and there was and I know I've (laughs) Ellen I've spoken to you about this fic so much now I feel so guilty but um, I did do a reread of Carry On which is um, another fic that is extremely similar to the setup of this one in that it is Dean, um, you know, being a sub for hire who basically um, comes and lives with Cass at night and then leaves every morning um, and is basically his submissive in the evenings and at nighttime. Um, So he has to lie to his family and say that he's bartending across town. And so he's going to sleep at a friend's place, but he'll be back in the mornings and, um, and so it has kind of that that part of the story is very similar in both of these. Um, only in in that story, there's no mental health issues that Cass is dealing with, um, which I think makes this, you know, I want to get outside of me um, unique. Um, but they're both really well written and they both deal a lot with that um, shame that he's dealing with. And also that when do you cross that line between, well, this is a professional relationship, but I'm catching feelings and now what do I do about it? So I always love that. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally a sucker for that. Cause I'm just like, you know, you love them. Like it matters more than the money. Just do it. And it's like, yes. Just like the little cheerleader reader. But, <laughs> and there's always the misunderstanding then from the person who's paying the money. Like they only like me because I'm paying them. <laughs> You know, that's kind of exactly. And then are they really feel that way about me? And yeah, so there's just all that internal turmoil. I'm trying to think if there would be a specific, like, what would we call that trope without a long winded explanation? (laughs) (laughs) Because it's one I love as well. But like, how would you succinctly say that? I don't know. It's just a misunderstanding. Not a clue. Yeah. Assumptions. Mm, Difficult one to tag for. Yep. Well, that's, I mean, probably like 80% of our Destiel fanfic. I <laughs> yes. swear to God, 80% of it is, he doesn't like me as much as I like him, does he? He couldn't possibly. And then you're in the other character said, oh, he doesn't really like me as much as I like him. He couldn't possibly like me. It's, and it's like, like probably 90% of the romance <laughs> in general. like <laughs> In general. Yeah. In it's general, yeah. I just miscommunication. Solid trope, yep. But it's like, but uh, there's a reason. Right, like I think we all love to complain about it, but at the end of the day, it's like, oh no, that's what we like. Obviously, we like it, or it wouldn't be <laughs> yeah. written this much. <laughs> that's right, yeah. <laughs> but I like that this story had um, other conflict outside of that. 
that it wasn't like the whole story didn't just revolve around their emotional will they won't they but there was also like outside factors that were causing conflict for the characters like Cassiel's mental health struggles and Dean's family issues with his dad and Sam and um I I enjoyed that I always find those kind of fix a little bit more um robust and I really enjoy them so yeah I love the fact that when it comes down to it, they help each other in the end, even if it was very much intended to start with that, you know, it was going to be money for Dean and and it would help Cass and that was all there would be to it. In the end, they very much both help each other. Well, yes, and correct me if I'm wrong, spoiler, but Dean gets injured and Cass ends up at the hospital. hospital, Yeah, stays a couple of nights. And that was such a huge moment where it's like, oh, he faced all of his fears because... Dean mattered that much to him, and I swooned really hard. Yes, yes. Like when he <laughs> woke part. up in the hospital and Cass was there, mm-hmm. and even more like Dean, like being in Dean's head in Dean's POV when he woke up and realized Cass so was there, about and then Cass. like a groggy few moments later realized what that meant. Um, yeah. It's just yeah. What are you doing here? Oh. <laughs> oh, so much romance. I just loved it. Yeah. It is, like, for, for everything else that it's got going in it, this really is actually quite a romantic story in terms mm-hmm. of their interactions with each other and the things that they go through for each other. When they start, like, you know, at one point Cass uh, gives Dean his phone number in case he needs, you know, anything, you know, that case there's another sub-drop incident or anything else or he needs him outside of his official hours. Um and just that their first phone call makes me a little bit mushy <laughs> because they don't really even say that much. They just kind of chat a little bit. Um, but it's, they're pretty cute, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good representation of how a submissive can take care of a dominant and a dominant can take care of a submissive, that it goes both ways. Because um, I do it's think people might street. look at a, yeah, and people might look at a BDSM relationship and think, well, it's a power exchange, right? So only one person's in control, but really a submissive holds a huge amount of power um and is very much like it goes both ways yeah yeah exactly and and it's so i think that i love reading relationships like this where it it, they really are caring for each other just in different ways Mm -hmm. you know dean by giving up that control and letting Cass have it is his way of taking care of Cass and you know, yeah. and Cass's way of taking care of Dean is being there and saying, you don't have to worry. You don't have to make decisions. I can take care of that for you now. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. just love that. With a good Dharma, Sub has a lot of power, actually. Exactly. Um, they carry carry lots of power and they should <laughs> in healthy relationship anyways. Which is why for so many people being submissive in that way can be such an empowering thing. Mm. Um, which... I very much love to see how it's represented in this fandom. Like, we do not forget that when we write fic in this fandom. (laughs) Especially not when we have Dean bring a bratty little shit half the time. (laughs) (laughs) We do love a bratty sub. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Dean Dean is the perfect bratty sub. That tag is, like, right up there. That was a big tag. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised that was on your list. (laughs) Just just in his nature. What can we say? (laughs) Um, we should probably move along right. because <laughs> I guess yeah we've been talking sorry. a long time. <laughs> sorry, All about, right. sorry to rush things. Um, Do you want to give us a quick go through of um, the next one? Yeah, so we've got a couple of shorter ones that we were um, 
we were going to talk about too. Um, so this one is called Beg Pretty For Me and it's by Kitty Mao. I assume that is how you pronounce it. I'm so sorry, Kitty, if I'm getting that wrong. Um, this was uh, just five and a half thousand words long and it was published during 2020. And the summary is like a, a clip, like a, you know, a bit out of the fic. So I'm just, I don't want to go into full podfic mode here, but I'll just read it anyway. Um, <laughs> t- team Free Will won, Cass, Dean and Cass are in love and all is right with the world. Cass, his eyes flutter closed, mind slipping into the warm, pleasant haze of that special place, the one that allows him release, relief, peace. Heart pounding in his chest, he fights the temptation to touch himself through the delicate material because Cass hasn't told him to yet and he wants to be good. I want to hear you say it, Dean. Fuck, he swallows thickly. Yeah, I I feel beautiful. <laughs> Channeling mm. my podfic uh, voice there. Okay. <laughs> so obviously this is like a canon uh, verse, I guess. Post-canon. So this is involves... Um, Cass and Jack, I think, have gone off to on a case and Dean, and Dean and Sam are somewhere else. So they're actually having like a, a phone sex conversation basically in this fit. So, and I think the main thing that, um, that I love about this and that I, I thought was the best part about it was that they actually, not only do they have a phone sex like exchange, um, but Dean is wearing panties in it and he takes photos and sends them to Cass while he's, <laughs> you know, getting off. And um, I don't think there's any art in this, but, you know, that it, it's described so well that you basically get, like, a full-on mental image of this thing. So I thought it was a really, um, I don't know, one of those, uh, a one-shot that is described so well that you're just like, wow, what did I, like, my, I, this is, like, mind-blowing. <laughs> um, you get to the end and you're like, okay, I'll be in my bunk. You know, I don't want to be horny on Maine here, but it's really good. <laughs> one of the things I really like, well, one of the things I really like about any kind of BDSM that's set in canon is the, the almost extra level of implicit trust, specifically when you have submissive Dean, um, that he has to have to give Cass control. Because um, especially after like what happened with Michael in canon, yeah, um, yeah. I just it's. I don't know, like, it always comes across as ever so slightly therapeutic to me. Like, even if it's not, like, specifically gone at from that angle, I just always see it as for Dean, like, the first of all, the sheer level of trust that he has in cast to just allow him to be in control like that. Um, which it is just something we love to see in general. But it's also just a very good way, I feel, of for Dean to be able to give that control to somebody and have the trust that he is going to get it back when he needs it. That makes sense. I mean, Dean's a character who has the weight of the world on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it makes so much sense to me personally to see him um, in that submissive role, why he would be drawn to that, you know, that chance to just not feel like everything and every decision is on him. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I... I I've always thought that that would be Dean canonically like his biggest drive for wanting yes. to do that and finding pleasure in that. The BDSM fic that I'm currently writing with um, Robin Castiel's Lost Wings mm-hmm. is is canon, um, and it's also kind of a post-canon 
you know, they won, Chuck is gone kind of deal. Um, yeah. Before before the confession happened. <laughs> so um, one of the things that I think is quite fun to explore is that even in canon, Dean is very, you know, caring, really. He, very, he wants to look after other people. That's kind of his, his love language, really. Um, mm-hmm. He's not so good at saying things, but he's very service-oriented. So uh, one of the way that we're actually going about this is that we have it that Cass um, as a newly human entity, which is something else that you can bring into it when it's um, canon, um, has kind of not experienced a lot of these kind of new sensations before. He's, he doesn't you know, understand them. He's trying to get his head around all of these sensations and he's struggling with becoming um, human. He's kind of, I say, slightly depressed at the beginning of the fic. He doesn't have a purpose like he's used to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they actually start off with Dean attempting to dom Cass because they think that maybe that will help him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it will kind of put him back in the headspace that he was used to being in heaven with following orders and always having a purpose and knowing what to do. Um, and mm, as to say in this fake like that, that doesn't thing. quite yeah it doesn't quite <laughs> work out for them how they expect it's not a bad experience by any means but it doesn't work out for them how they expect and in the middle of the fic they do actually switch yeah. <laughs> um, which is interesting I don't see that represented too much in fic but I did look it up um, I was reading a few different studies and like at least 30% of most um, real life relationships like that are switch relationships mm-hmm. so I was like hmm yeah, I think switching is a lot more common in real life than it tends to be in fic. And I, I, I haven't read a lot of good switching um, BDSM fic, so I, but I love the idea. I love the concept behind it. And the ones that I have read have been awesome. So mm-hmm. I'd love to read that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm very, very fond of any of this kind of stuff in a canon setting because there are so many different ways where I can frame it where it just seems to fit. And I'm like, yeah, I can mm. see that. I can see them doing that. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it. So thank you very much, yeah. Kitty Mel, for giving us, giving me more. <laughs> and I think one of the tags in this particular one um, is porn with feelings. So there's a lot of... Um, Do love of, it. Yes. Sort of thinking about how uh, Cass knows exactly how to turn his, you know, push his buttons because he knows him so well and, you know, they've been through so much together and he basically pulled him out of hell and put him back together. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I liked the soft aspect to it as well as the, the sexy times. Yeah, those are good fun. But, you know, nobody knows uh, Dean as well as Cass, really, mm-hmm. on a very intimate atomic level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this one is very short, so I feel like we can't say much no. more about it other than it's really hot without no, spoiling that's right. it. Basically, but... okay. So this other and another shorter one that we um, have been reading is called "Yes, Sir," and it's by Red Amber Seventy Nine. Um, this one was part, uh, published in twenty twenty, six thousand words. Um, I think Red Amber usually writes a lot more of ABO verse type fix right but they do yeah, have um, um lots of omegaverse with a good sprinkling of bdsm but uh-huh. mostly omegaverse yeah. sometimes both i think <laughs> at the same time yeah that's right yeah <laughs> there is actually a fair proportion combining of combining that do um combine them actually it's an interesting combination of kind of biological urges and 
without going into full like biological BDSM kind of format. Yeah, which anyway, we will have to revisit at one point by itself. Yep. This one is not ABO. <laughs> um, so the summary just says, Dean's earned himself a spanking, but keeps losing the count. Cass decides it's time to up the ante for his punishment. Yeah, so we were talking about uh, punishment earlier, whereas this is actually AFIC specifically centred um, around that. And it has CB's favourite tag in the end there, uh, Team Dean Winchester's red ass. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> they also, um, they use the stoplight system mm-hmm. in this fic, which is, um, I, I've come to really love that system for um, safe wording. Yes. Um, mostly because you also have the colour system, you can do the check-in. So you can check in on consent with the partner, basically, like, What's your color? Are you green, meaning you're good to go? Are you yellow? Do we need to pause and talk about it? Or are you red and that's safe wording and everything needs to come to a stop? And I kind of love that flexibility to it because I think when I first started reading BDSM and they, you know, everybody in pop culture like knows, ooh, safe word, like it's banana or it's rutabaga. Yeah. And it's like, but it's kind of limiting, right? Because the idea is every time. (laughs) The idea is Impala, always Impala. And (laughs) is that you say the safe word and everything stops, but it doesn't leave you as much room for the just checking in and saying, yes, I am good or saying I'm not, want to stop but I do want to maybe discuss what's happening and I love that about the color system and I loved um, how um, they wrote this in this even though it's like you know it's kind of a shorter one shot sexy time but I love I love the use of the color system in this because there's a lot of cast checking in with Dean on his color and making sure that he's still consenting throughout the whole scene which you know just makes my you know, heart happy for a healthy relationship. Yes. The very first tag on this one is explicit sensual content, which is very explicit. Um, but they also have on their, their safe, sane, and consensual, which, like, this, this fic is like the epitome of that, really. It is, so. yeah. And still incredibly hot and sexy. Yeah. yeah. It can Consent be is sexy. Safe and sexy. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, yeah, probably not much we can necessarily say about this one either. I feel like the, uh, the summary gives away what's happening in this one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And there was the part two was the somnophilia, which oh, yeah. I haven't. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh. Consensual. We should put that out there as well. Consensual somnophilia. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, which is which is kind of by nature would be like a non-consensual act, right? Like, <laughs> you yeah. can't do that without like you would have to have consent before they fall asleep. <laughs> yeah. So this, in this which case, is very much a predetermined, a planned planned event has to be. Exactly. Yeah. So it was. Um, I, I think I enjoyed that kink more than I thought I would. I did. I enjoyed the second half of that story. So I just feel like how deeply are you sleeping that someone can actually just like start fucking you and you don't wake up. Like... <laughs> right? I they have a hard sleep time. More better than me. Yeah. Yeah. I have a hard time getting into the reality of that. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I am a light sleeper. There is no way. <laughs> yeah. If you like roll over and can... kick me, or, like, you know, touch me, basically, I'm going to wake up. Like, <laughs> anyway. I tend to think that that. I think that realistically with those scenes, a lot of it is role playing um, yeah. where where the person who's supposed to be sleeping is maybe asleep at the start of it and then just like purposefully stays in sleepy mode. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but is but knows what's going on, because I, I think that's how I personally have to think of it, because like, yeah, I have a hard time mentally like 
really thinking someone could be pounded and not know what's going on. But I, I thought they did a good job of that in this fic. Most, yeah, most of the time when I've seen it represented in fic, it's definitely more gentle. <laughs> like yeah. pounding yep. is probably not going to happen. Yeah, or but, at, least, um, at least until they actually wake up and get with the program, you know, like. Yeah. Which is what happened. <laughs> when they realize that it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, interesting kink. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many kinks to explore. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Almost endless amount. Uh, so, yeah, there is that within this fic. It's specifically in the second chapter. So, I believe you can read the first one kind of as a standalone thing just by itself um, if you wish to. Mm-hmm. And not engage with the second part at all if it's not your thing. Yeah, they're kind of two separate one shots. Yeah. yeah, love it when authors do that. Mm-hmm. I usually just end up reading all of it. All of it. I mean, full disclosure here, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 out there for for people who need that, you know. Yeah, so. yeah I don't I don't have a lot of hard limits on what I read, so I'm usually <laughs> open to reading most things. So yeah, <laughs> said my my hard limits are for real life, not for fic. Exactly. <laughs> Same. <laughs> it's more. It's also like morbid curiosity you know like i don't know what this is but okay let's let's give it a go you know <laughs> find out uh, uh, that that's kind of how i felt with when we were writing signal um, <laughs> it was very like i would never enjoy this myself yeah but it's fun to imagine dean or Cass enjoying it yeah. <laughs> why not let's see if we can make this sexy and yeah there is a lot of stuff that that we were able to make pretty sexy it that I would never would have so thought well. would have worked. Yeah. <laughs> it did oh, work. Yeah. <laughs> I, there was definitely a competitive air to me in Trenchcoat Baby writing that one where it was it's like, who can shock the other one the most? <laughs> so when you're writing a fic in BDSM genre and you're just trying to shock the other co-author, you end up with a lot of strange kinky scenes, but mm-hmm. it worked to our benefit, yes. <laughs> I think. All right. Shall we do one more quick one in depth, just because I would love to very quickly talk about Gabriel's gift, yeah. just because it is so different to the other ones. Definitely. I haven't mm-hmm. got it on this big list, so I'm just going to add it in and find it. Okay. Because, yeah, I, I did read this I have read this book quite a few times. Yeah, it, 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 it's fun. It's short. This is 5,418 words. Um, it's called Gabriel's Gift by Cassiopeia Mercutio, I believe, is how they want that pronounced. Mm-hmm. Um, and the summary is just for Castiel's birthday Gabriel decides to hire his virgin brother a prostitute of course he doesn't tell Castiel and of course he accidentally hires a professional dom um, it's just such a Gabriel <laughs> thing to do <laughs> I, um, I, like I can't believe I haven't read this one I, um, it's, I it's just really good list. fun there's no you know the, the, the consent is addressed in this like Obviously, Cass does realize what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it takes him a little while um, at first. Kinda, he's like, yeah, yeah kind of clicks uh, eventually. You, he's like, are you gonna like, are you gonna deliver the gift? Like, what is it? Just give it to me now. And Dean's like, okay, you're playing hard to get. And he's just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, once he realizes, he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm on board. I'm okay, not, I'm okay let's... This. let's do this. <laughs> and some Dom Dean, which we don't see much of. Yes. Um, not a ton of Dom Deans out there, though the ones I have read have all been really good. Um, mm. So I did this specifically wanted to include this one because it does have um, Dominant Dean. It's also just a kind of 
entirely different concept, just a very fun sort of almost accidental uh, BDSM, <laughs> really. Um, <laughs> but there's, like I said, there's no consent issues with it. Like, class, by the time things are happening, Cast is definitely fully aware <laughs> of what's going on. Um, <laughs> but it's just good fun. It's an extra little twist on things. Um, what else? Oh, I think it's also probably one of the only BDSM fics that I've Fred, which has a virgin cast in it at the beginning, definitely not by the end. Um, but it's uh, <laughs> good fun. <laughs> but it is a short one. It is just five thousand four hundred. So it's just a, just a one shot, really. Um, but one that I don't see talked about enough. So yeah, and yeah, it is mostly smart. Like the the beginning of it, the introduction of it is not much of the actual five thousand words. Like most of it is just telling Cass what Most to do. Most of it is, yeah. There's a, there's a fun discussion at the beginning of all the basically terrible gifts that Gabriel has tried to get for Cass's birthday previously. <laughs> um, right. Including a car with fake plates and, uh, and a Bengal tiger. So, you know, Dean was definitely a step up from the previous birthdays. <laughs> Sounds like the Hangover movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. When I think of Dom Dean, the only fic that comes to my mind is Take the Lead. Um, yes. Which, which I think we've all discussed. As... Yeah, we should definitely also mention that one. Um... And I know, I think this is one of the very first SDL fics I read. Um, I think it yeah. might have even been the first. How old is this one? Because it was a long time ago I read this too. I think it's the first BDSM fic that I ever read. I agree with you. I think you're right. It's the same for me. You probably read you it probably at the same me time. about it. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah, it was posted from the end of 2015 through to the middle of 2016. Yeah. Um, and it is thousand words. And it's Take the Lead by Jinxed Ambitions. Um, mm. And the summary is, Castiel is one of the world's biggest rock stars, lead singer of The Garrison. He's living a life of decadence, but he can't come up with inspiration for their next album, and they're supposed to be back in the studio in a matter of weeks. It's no secret that the Garrison's music is mostly about Castiel's sex life, and the man experiments in lovemaking as often as he does with the band's sound. Now, Cass needs a new experience to inspire his music. Dean Winchester is a mixed martial artist with a reputation for being able to take a hard hit and being able to deliver an even harder one. Having a fight in Vegas is surreal to the, for the Kansas native. Being propositioned by a rock star after the fight is equally surreal. First of all, Castiel is decidedly male, with a reputation for the ladies as sordid as Dean's own. Second, his proposition to be at Dean's mercy in the bedroom is as ridiculous as it is intriguing. So... Wow, that's a really long summary. <laughs> yeah, it's a long summary. There's a lot going on there. Um, but it does give you a really clear uh, image, uh, kind of idea of what's going on in this fic, or at least the kind of very beginning of it and how they get where they're going. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's... And yeah, Dean's it's... kind of, it, Dean is new to being a Dom in that story too. He hasn't done it before. I think Cass just picks him out because of his personality, because he's like a fighter. And yeah, he's, he's hot and he likes to hit things. So Exactly. So he's like, I think you could do this. And and I I think I love that story too, just because like Dean is like researching. He's like Googling like BDSM and I'm like I appreciate that because I did a lot of googling because I'm not like actually in the lifestyle so he's like let's pull up a computer and see and then he actually plans some really amazing scenes um as a first time dom um and yeah it's there's some memorable stuff in that fic um I really enjoyed Dean as a dom even though I think I will always be a sub dean girl at heart but 
Yeah, it's done really well in this one. Um, I think it's even more charming and, and better to read because he is new at it. So mm. you are reading him kind of discovering things kind of about himself as well as he's going along. Um, yeah, they're both kind of learning together because it's not like Cass has ever been a submissive before either. So mm-hmm. It was a... Yeah, it was a DCBB fic uh, back in 2015, so it does also actually have art by uh, The Dangerous Ginger, mm-hmm. um, which is some very pretty like pencil drawing. I, I can't describe art. I'm sorry. It looks great. Please go look at it. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> describing art things is not my strength, but it's very pretty. It's done with, with dark-looking pencil stuff. Yeah, pencils. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you know we had um, on, on Twitter, it wasn't like directed to us specifically but I saw someone saying that they would like a podcast that is like mixtape but with artists like just talking about their methods and their inspirations and stuff I'm like that is such a good idea if I knew anything about art I would totally talk more about artists and their stuff but I'm yes not an artist (laughs) like maybe maybe we should do an episode with an artist or two um that likes to do destiel stuff and just talk about we could talk about things like reverse bangs and like how their their whole like process and just it'd be pretty fascinating actually. I would have so many questions. Yes, all right. Pencil <laughs> that one in for later. Pencil ha. Um, <laughs> ha, ha, ha. <laughs> um yeah. Well we'll try and yes. sort that one out. I'd too. love to listen to that. Alright, no, talking about um rock stars. Um I also read um the it's a DCBB from twenty nineteen, so it's couple of years ago now um rooftops by tay bay 14 oh yes i do love that author castile is a rock star and dean is his bodyguard that, that's been hired he's a he's a veteran who's uh you know been through some stuff but he's been hired for this job um to be bodyguard for Cass. and the it's it I, at first i fairly felt like this was um it, it took me a while to get the characters right in my head because Partially because this is written in first person, which is not usual for Destiel at all. I think this is probably one of the first first person fix that I've ever read. But um, you know, once you get once you get the hang of it, like it, it's you know, once you get into the flow of it, it's fine. It's it's great, and it is written from both points of view, which can be a little jarring when it's first person um, if you're not used to reading first person, I guess. But um, uh, Cass is like a um, sort of this emo band type thing and he's uh, he's got you know bipolar and he's um, very it's an interesting character that um, I actually think this fic would make an absolutely brilliant original story I'm not saying it's out of character that, that the authors have done a brilliant job of actually bringing like Dean and Kaz's personality into this thing but um, the the world that they've built here and the way that they've described what's happening with both of them is actually just is really quite unique so I really enjoyed it, yeah. and it is it is Dom Cass. He does. Um, uh, you'd think that uh, as a a veteran and a bodyguard, that Dean might be the one who was doing the doming, but no. In this case, he needs to give up control, and Cass recognizes that, and they mm. have a relationship in that way. And um, yeah, it's really hot as well as being a really interesting story as well. It's it gets quite dark. Like um, have a look at the tags. It does have PTSD, depression self-harm and you know suicidal um, tendency that kind of thing so it's quite dark but no one um gets hurt too badly and it's got a happy ending so 
questions. All right. Do we want to do a little? Uh, do we want to do a little kind of quick fire round and just mention a few more that we particularly enjoy? Yes. Yeah. Because I'm sure we. I'm sure we all have some. <laughs> I have a favorite that um, that we haven't talked about yet, which is um, playing with fire. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which is um, by Annie Ray and Queer Werewolf. Yes. And oh my gosh, I've read this fic an insane amount, and. And I admit, I believe I read I Want to Get Outside of Me, Carry On, and then I think I read Playing with Fire. And then after I'd read those three fics, I was like, I have to write BDSM. Like, I have to. Like, because those stories were so good that I was like, I need to do this myself. And for me, that's like, to me, the biggest compliment to a fic I read, if it makes me want to go run to my keyboard and start writing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think um, uh, Playing and- with Fire has a sequel as well now, doesn't it? It does. It has a threesome sequel with um, a third player coming into the relationship from the first story. Um, so uh, some people struggle with that, right? Like you just want pure Destiel. Um, but I, I actually, I love the sequel just as much as I love the first part, which I was pretty shocked by. Um, but yeah, the first part, it's um, actually, I've got it in front of me, but um I can read the summary really quick, but it's when two best friends foray into a supposedly no-string sexual relationship, someone is bound to catch feelings, someone is bound to fuck up, and someone is bound to beg for forgiveness, because that's the recipe for a romantic comedy. But life is not a romantic comedy, no matter how much Dean Winchester secretly wishes it was. Instead, we present, boy finds out boy, who has been his best friend for over 20 years, is secretly a dom. Boy then sort of tricks Boy into taking him on as his new sub. Boy discovers a side of himself he never knew existed. Boy is, in a way, over his head. <laughs> yeah. And um, and it is. It's 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 both of them having been friends for twenty years. So there's kind of like an established friendship, which I do love. Um, and then they kind of just turn into well, like let's be sex with benefits, because you know Dean's like I want to explore this new side of me and and it's funny because he goes into it with I just really want to have sex with Cass and if being his sub is how to do that then I'll do it and then kind of finds out that wow I really like this mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but this fic is, is really good at consent it's really good at I believe they use the stoplight system or it's very good at safe word using and um, discussion of scenes and they do a really good job of handling sub drop and dealing with that so as far as like a fic to read that has really good BDSM etiquette I think this is one of the top of my list and do you cannot read this in public it is just too steamy for words <laughs> it is, I, I think I was reading it at work one time on like a lunch break and I'm like I can't I can't like I'm gonna need to like excuse myself to go home and I'll look flushed <laughs> and feverish. This is a problem. Like, <laughs> you've got, like an iron poker face. <laughs> oh, I just don't have the poker face for it. And this author or authors in this case, they can write like smut scene chapters that are so long yes. and yet they are so good and they're not boring for even a second. I'm just <laughs> like, I don't know how they do it, but yes. like, <laughs> and, um, yes. Yeah, I've always thoroughly enjoyed this one. It was very inspirational for me when it came to wanting to write my own stories. So, mm-hmm. this awesome. It's quite I had long to give it some love as well, isn't it? I don't think they these guys can write anything short. 
<laughs> oh no, <laughs> no, they're incapable. It, well, it's one hundred and sixteen thousand. That's okay, not that's terrible. Quite that's not too bad. Oh, yeah, that's pretty reasonable. I mean, then they wrote a second story, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think the what's the second fic called? It's called um, "We Kiss and the Flames Get Higher," and that one's um, one hundred eighty-five thousand. So really, if you put the two stories together. <laughs> But it's interesting because in the first story, um, Castiel is a dom and Dean is the sub. And then in the second story, um, a friend of theirs, Aeneas, gets pulled in. And Aeneas is also a dom and Cast decides he wants to switch and sub for Aeneas and dom with with Dean. So there's a lot of very interesting scenes with that where sometimes... Cass and Aeneas are both doming Dean at the same time, and sometimes Aeneas is doming both Cass and Dean at the same time. Um, sometimes they're off in pairs, or sometimes they're together, and um, it's kind of them all figuring out how that relationship works without jealousy being an issue, which, of course, jealousy is an issue, because why wouldn't it be? So. <laughs> um, but if you're a little open-minded and you don't mind a third person getting in on your dusty all love, it's actually a really cool fic. Excellent. I feel like that fic is probably a really good lead into talking about uh, Fire and Ice by Castiel's Lost Wings. Yes. Oh, Um, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, which is um, 189,000 words. Um, And this one is, it's Firefighter Dean and Medic Castiel. And again, they are kind of of co-workers in in that sphere, really. They interact a lot. they they are friends and again it's you know <laughs> that that trope that we love so much uh where dean decides he'll do pretty much anything if he gets to have sex with Cass, really um so it's the actual kind of smut scenes in this are amazing it's another one of those things where i like mm, probably aren't going to want to read this one in your lunch break <laughs> just <laughs> i think no. she said she made a point when she was writing this to say that she's trying to put smut in every chapter so you know, it's it's there's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of smut. <laughs> and there's a lot of um, different kinks in this. They are you know really well really well tagged for. Um, so you're gonna know if there's anything coming that you are going to want to skip. But there there's a lot of really good uh, things in this that I was very fond of seeing. Um, there's everything from you know your basic kind of um, I say basic bondage as if it's just normal I guess well <laughs> very vanilla these days basic bondage um, um, everything from you know toys to breath play to edge play to everything everything <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of different stuff in this um, and it's all entwined with this amazing story where you kind of just want to smack their heads together a lot because you just mm-hmm. want them to communicate and they communicate so well in one aspect <laughs> and then it just all falls apart the second they put their clothes back on. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, which is one of my favorite dynamics in these fics, honestly. I have to admit, I love it that they, they prove how well they can communicate and then they just don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a must read for the BDSM genre. Yes, absolute must read. Love it. Um, so that's Castiel's Lost Wings. There are printed copies of this available at cost price no no one's making any money from getting their fix printed at the moment but there is a trend going around where people 
are offering um, printed versions of their fix and this is one of them that you can get a hold of if you just message um, Castiel's Lost Wings and she'll sort you out with that I think um, and at the same time as talking about that we also I've been told in no uncertain terms that I must make you talk about Russian to the altar now no I um, thought I got oh, through yeah. this whole thing without mentioning it ah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so we were good, doing though, so no. well. Um, I was told that I had to hold you down and, and force you to talk about it. I've been biting my tongue this whole episode, and I kept thinking, am I allowed to mention it? Because, like, I know you guys don't like to talk about your fix, but uh, I love that one. <laughs> We've talked about it a, a, quite a few times before because it fits in, like, multiple genres in things we've talked about. Well, yeah, you've got Russian cast, you've got fake relationship, you've got BDSM. I mean, there's a lot. And then, like, yeah, there's a lot going on in that one. It, you, you've got yes. some awesome tropes. You've got cast doing yoga. Yes, amazing. <gasps> I love the yoga scenes. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. I guess I'd, I wanted to ask you, like, with Russian, did, did you set out at first to write a BDSM fic? Uh, with with you know Cass as being an author who writes this stuff and or d or did the uh, BDSM stuff come in afterwards kind of thing as <laughs> like did it blindside you or did you intend to, for that to be the case? Um, no, it was very much planned from the beginning. Okay. Um, that fic was it was three things coming together. It was me wanting to specifically write certain BDSM things which I just hadn't gotten to explore yet in other fics. It was um somewhat personal experience when it came to um immigration various other things just like to say <laughs> my marriage is real just put, put, putting that out there <laughs> um but <laughs> but there, there was a lot of um kind of personal immigration stuff that i just kind of wanted to work through and get out of my head um and then there was also um the entire thing was prompted by a post that i saw um that was a kind of a, like a almost like a cute um meet cute kind of thing where an author had written something in the author's note of their story about who it was about now that scene <laughs> did not end up making it into the story yeah. <laughs> um just because for anybody who has read that they want to know that uh, the particular book that Cass is writing in that story um has not yet been published by the time the story ends yeah um but it is published it is published in the timestamp that's coming out this month. I should probably say that. I <gasps> yes, guess the timestamp coming. Something I should oh. point out. Yes, the timestamp that finally has not only the title of Cass's book, but uh, a lot more details about Cass's book and various other events in their lives. So exciting. Yes. Can I come out from under the cushions now? <laughs> we can. Okay. Unless, unless you've got any questions about it, CB. Come on, put her on, put her on the spot again. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I I feel like I got a lot of my questions out when I was probably commenting on the fic. <laughs> like one, one of the joys of knowing the author of a work in progress. <laughs> it was no, I, fun to do. It was fun. And I have yeah. missed writing like good length uh, BDSM like that since I finished that one. I've only done kind of shorter, like I've done a couple like 30,000-ish um, BDSM fics since then. But like just various short things mm -hmm. um, and I had been really missing it so I am now glad that I am sinking my teeth into <laughs> not one but two BDSM fix simultaneously because apparently I'm just 
very extra and can't do things by halves. <laughs> uh, I feel like once I started writing BDSM, I just didn't stop. I feel like all my fics have been BDSM. <laughs> and if they like aren't, they're Omegaverse. Yeah. Like, yeah. apparently I need to have something extra. <laughs> oh, which it's funny because my, my current other fic I'm considering is my next work in progress is um, neither of those two genres. Changing um, it up. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. I've got like the first chapter written. I think Ellen's already read it for me once, but that yeah, was a while ago. That was, I was it's wondering been... how you were going with that one. Yeah. It's just sitting in the wings. I decided I couldn't touch it till Whiplash was done. So, <laughs> which wow. I finished, and I, you know, may, I'm really hoping that by the time you guys air this podcast, that the final chapter of Whiplash is posted and done, and everybody yeah. can go and read the completed work. Because, well, we man, that last chapter took us a while. If we do the biological BDSM episode. Yeah. There you go. It'll be ready to go by then. <laughs> so, well, whatever you write next, we will be here for it. I'm certain. Um, I was going to also say that while we were talking about, you know, the popular fandom classics, um, that uh, we can't not mention um, Four Letter Word for Intercourse, which we, yes. we have spoken about before um, on our so two-person love triangle so good. episode. Yeah. So if you want to hear us and, and talking with Bending Signpost about that fic, then go and listen to that episode uh, because he went into – great detail on his um, planning and execution for that story so which was great to sort of delve into so yeah it was great to get to pick his brain about that one yeah I'm gonna have to go reread that one too that's one of my all-time favorites you can't reread that fic too many times no it's just very long that's the only trouble (laughs) it's so long it's like yep rereading it it is it's a a big chunk but it's it's like a comfort fic almost like once you get into it like it just slips by really quickly right just read that one chapter when they're like when they realize what's happening um i can't let a bdsm episode go without mentioning um sextas anon by unforth um castiel novak is a successful businessman um he's very reliable and you know has a lot of stress on him um, but he doesn't trust himself with other people. He gets too involved and he starts putting the relationships before um, everything else that he has to do. So instead of risking that, he turns to sexism.com, um, a site that helps, as a, the summary says, like-minded individuals find each other for anonymous sexting. And obviously it stays very anonymous. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> uh, it actually does for, for a while, yeah. Oh, okay. um, yeah. For a good part of it. But uh, yeah, this this is a series so it was started off the first fic is about 16,000 words and then there is a um a series of bigger fics behind it but you can just read the first story as um, a standalone if you want to i would recommend reading all of them i love them mm-hmm. um so quick fire on to the next one um i'm going to mention um sweet boy by uh misha minion 69 and sydney this one is a very long fic as well it's 195,000 words um this one does have um a kind of lot of sort of daddy kink dynamic in it there's no like age play or anything like that in it um and it also does have a older cast and a younger dean though again there is no um there's no underage or anything like that in this there is just an age difference um is in this fic yeah that Uh, fic was the first daddy kink fic that i really enjoyed yeah it's actually a very like 
it's going to sound so strange if I say that it's a very wholesome fic in a way, but... <laughs> but it is. It yeah. is. Yeah, it's just very, like, warm and lovely when you read it, and their relationship is wonderful, and the way that it evolves and they kind of finally admit to being in love with each other is wonderful. Um, I would definitely recommend it to anybody. It's a very much a um, kink with lots of emotions involved. So it's yeah. a good one. Um, and I also want to quickly mention the um, String Theory series by Nadia Hart, um, which starts off with Cat's Cradle and then there's a couple of other uh, follow-ups to it. Um, and this is kind of a traditional um, Dean is overworked, goes to his local club to let off some steam and meets a very interesting Dom while he's there. Um, it's just very well written. Like it's, it's one of those things where when you read it, you can really just picture everything in Technicolor. Um, so I love this and I've read it multiple times. And again, it's just one of those that I don't always see recommended and I don't know why. <laughs> so <laughs> I think I'm done. <laughs> That's a solid list. CB, thank you so much for coming to talk to us about this today. It was a pleasure to have you back. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really had, I, I love talking about this stuff. I could talk for ages. So yes. <laughs> um, thanks for giving me the opportunity to come on here and rant and talk about my favorite, one of my favorite things, fanfic no and BDSM fanfic and Destiel. So yay. Anytime. <laughs> and we'll look forward to seeing your, uh, your final chapter of Whiplash very soon. <laughs> so yes. excited to share it. I just, I cannot wait to post. <laughs> So all the links to all of the fix that we've talked about today and um, can be found on our website, mixtapebookclub.com. Um, thank you. We have to say thank you also to the people in Profound Bond Discord server where we have a channel. We asked for recommendations for BDSM fix and we got so, so many. <laughs> I've got like a yeah, like huge Over list. 50. Over yep. 50. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm going to list them all. I'm just going to throw all of them on this episode blog. Uh, the episode post so you won't be without something to read after you go and look at this absolutely not so you can get in touch with us tell us about your favorite um, dom subject that we haven't talked about um, and i'll add it to the great big list <laughs> you can contact us at mixtape book club in at a lot of um, social media places or you can email us contact at mixtapebookclub.com Next episode, we are going to be discussing royalty AUs. So a complete switch up from BDSM. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. There might be some that have some, you know, spanking or teams, team deans. Oh, I right hope there are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's now my goal. I need to find one that's very kinky. <laughs> um, so thank you everyone for listening and we'll talk to you again very soon. And as always, remember that the story isn't over until we say it is. Mm -hmm.